Good morning, New Hope. Glad that you're here with us this morning in person, online. So glad that you're here as we kick off this new series called Indispensable Love. And prior to doing that, I just want to probably just get in your grill a little bit and just challenge you as the body of Christ, as the family of God here at New Hope to carve out two hours of your Saturday morning next week, May 7th, to serve your city. This is a great opportunity for us for two hours of our life to give it back towards other people around us. And so that day we have five projects going on, both in Cambridge and Isani. And you've heard about the run, the cancer run. And all the money raised for that run goes to the hospital. And then the social workers at the hospital use that money for cancer patients. You know, cancer not only hits people physically, but then it hits them financially. And so this is a great opportunity for us to be involved and to raise money and to help people locally and even in New Hope who have been struggling with cancer. We have a great opportunity as well. We have uh, food packaging both in Cambridge and Isani with Life Rice, and all the food that we package is going to Ukraine. So we can help beyond ourselves here to the situation in Ukraine. And so that is a great way to serve as a family with your kids and that kind of stuff, a lot of fun. It's two hours, and we can package thousands of meals and get them out of here. Matter of fact, after that, other area church and people from the area are all coming in for the rest of the day and packing food for Ukraine as well at our facilities. But if you're down Isani, we've adopted the Bluebird Park uh, as our park. And so we're going to clean it three times a year. And next Saturday is going to be one of those. We have down by Green Barn a mile stretch of Highway 95. And we do highway cleanup. So if you're with those people like, ooh, what do they find along the highway? Ooh, that's interesting. Sign up for that one. You know, (laughs) find all kinds of treasures along the highway, that kind of thing. And then we're washing windows in Pine Village. We're going to be washing 40 homes in Pine Village. These are people who are elderly, widowed, that kind of thing. And we're going to wash the outside windows on their home so that they can enjoy their view for the summer. But these are opportunities for us to get outside of our life and to serve other people around us who we don't even know. And this is how God calls us to live. And this is how New Hope is going to live and has lived over its history. And so I just want to challenge you, invite you, and it's fun to do it together. So on your way out, please uh, look at the options, sign up. You can sign up online as well, but let's be a people who change the fabric of our community because we serve it together, okay? So let's jump in then to this new series called Indispensable Love. You know, in everyday life, there are areas of our life and needs that are indispensable. We need them. I can think of three areas of my life that every day, pretty much, I need. The first one is oxygen. (laughs) I need oxygen, right? The second one is food. You know, hey, I need food. And the third one is I need water. Those three elements, right? on a regular basis, are indispensable, really, in our life. We need them. Matter of fact, I was super curious about some of these elements, and I thought, can anything live without water? Can anything? And I Googled it and that, and they said, well, 
Technically, four animals live without water. They'd never drink, actually, water. And one was the koala bear. The koala bear never, like, drinks water. And I'm like, what's up with that? Well, the reason is because they're so slow. I mean, if they're going to go down to a watering hole, predators are just going to take them out because of their lack of speed and that. But when you read more, they say they get their water through the leaves they eat. And in our lives, a lot of times, the water that we get comes through what we eat. But this whole idea that, man, oxygen, food, water in our life is indispensable. But there's a fourth element that we're going to be looking at this whole month that's indispensable for our life, and that is, on a day-to-day basis, love. Love. God has created us, put in us, the need every day to love and the need every day to be loved, okay? We have this need to love, express it, and then to be loved in return. We see in the Bible that there are four expressions of love that throughout the Bible it talks about. The first expression is storge love. It's sort of this empathy, this bond, this empathy love. So when the Timberwolves lost the other night, you know, I had all kinds of empathy for the players and empathy for the state of Minnesota and that. And man, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. They should have won, (laughs) right? I mean, we were all there like this empathy. Then there's a second kind of love, which is philia love. And this is more like a friend bond or friend love, like or like buddy-buddy love. There's a third love, and that's eros love. This is more the romantic love, like, I love you, that kind of love, okay? And then there's the fourth love, which is agape love. This is an unconditional God love. So regardless of how you act, God is going to love you. And he is going to love you with this perfect love, this same love. It's not going to go up and down because of how you act. We get this picture in Romans 5, 8. It says this, but God demonstrates his love towards us that while we are yet sinners, meaning while we yet rejected God, lived in a way that really displeased him, while we gave him the, you know, straight arm, he still sent his son to die for us. He demonstrates his love for us in this, that he sent his son regardless of whether we rejected him, hated him, could care less about him, to still die on the cross for us. And so it's this picture of unconditional love, right? Yeah, do our kids always behave or act how we would hope, or this or that? No. But do we still clothe them and feed them? Make sure they're cared for and all that? Well, you bet. I'm going to do that, of course. Why? Because this unconditional love, this whole picture. And I believe as well, as we walk through life, there are three different kinds of levels of love that we experience. That first one is perfect love, this love from God. But then there is what I call this people love. And people love is love that people express who have rejected God. It's your everyday people around the world. 
kind of love. Why? Because anyone born is born in the image of God. They are born with attributes from God, and one of those attributes is the ability to love, okay? But that love is limited. It's people love because it's apart from God, because that they have rejected God. So even the evilest of people that we know, they still can love. They can love their kids. They can love their spouse because they are made in God's image, and there's this level of love in them. But then there's another love, and that's what I call progressive love. And this love is for those of us who have decided to follow Jesus as Savior and Lord, God now puts his Holy Spirit in us, and now we are progressing in our life away from our people love that we had when we didn't know Jesus, and we are progressing now more towards this perfect love of God. We see this in Galatians 2.20. The Apostle Paul says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. He lives in me. So because Christ lives in me now, I am progressing towards more of a perfect love, and I'm leaving my people love behind. Because what God is doing in me by his Holy Spirit, he is transforming my ability to love like he wants me to love. It's sort of this picture we get when John the Baptist saw Jesus and Jesus came into John the Baptist's presence and John says, Jesus must increase and I must decrease. And that's this picture in our lives. Because Jesus is in our lives now, he must increase and bring a different kind of love. And I need to meet, leave my people love. And he needs to progress in my life so that I have a greater and greater perfect love to live by. And that is our goal over this series as we pay attention to this area of our life that is indispensable, love. Just think of paying attention to this and how it might change a marriage, a family, a neighborhood, a business, the school, a community. It's so critical. So when it comes to love that is indispensable, what insights then do we need? The first insight we need is number one, the creation of love. We need to understand that we didn't create love. We're not the ones that define love. We're not the ones that instigated it. In 1 John 4, 19, the apostle John says, we love, why do we love even at all? Because God first loved us. He is the initiator. He is the designer of love. And that gives us the example of love. John 15, 12, and 13, he says, this is my commandment, Jesus says, love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. And so it's this whole idea of not only does God define love, but then he gives us the ultimate example of how we are supposed to live out love. And that is looking beyond ourselves to the needs of others, even to the point, he says, 
if we need to lay our lives down. This is love, and this is how you are supposed to live it out. But we get challenged by that, or we want to rearrange that, or we want to define it differently, right? Sort of reminds me of in third grade at the elementary school, they have this bluebird project where you build these bluebird houses. And uh, we have four girls, so we have four of them at home. This one's at the end of our deck there. And when you go, they say, just bring two hammers, one for you and one for your child. And we'll give you all the supplies there. And I, I love like seeing dads and all that stuff, like we show up and we got this stuff. You know, I mean, we're building this little bluebird house, but, you know, we got the, the belt on, right? You know, we got the, the battery pack with the, the nail gun and that kind of stuff. And we're building this like bluebird house, right? You know, you got the, the angles and, you know, all that kind of deal. And, and you're just thinking, okay, all right, maybe a little overkill. But the instructor says now, Here's your wood, here's your eight nails that you get, you know, and, and so just follow the instructions. And it's always amazing, uh, even for myself, like as we're putting these together and really it's the kids doing this and all that, how many questions come up like, well, why, are, why don't we do the walls this way and stuff? And I think if we would just adjust the front door and, and work at the, and the instructors like, no, this is how we're going to do it. You know, we just need to put these four sides together, the nails in here. This is a critical piece so you can empty the house out every year. So put the nail in there. And people are like, well, hey, we would like to add a, a perch onto ours. So it's, can we just nail in a perch so that the... No, you can't put in a perch. If you put in a perch, then other birds can land there and attack the bluebirds and put them at, you know, uh, you know, in harm's way, those kind of things. Well, what if we, you know, enlarge the hole? It would allow, you know, for other birds to be able to use the net. Well, the size of the hole is the size of the hole because it's for bluebirds. That's the design of it. And, and so you get all these challenges and you should do it this way and that way and stuff like that. And it's just a bluebird house. That's all it is, you know, and just do it this way. This is where you need to hang it, that kind of thing. But when it comes to love, we're the same way. Well, what about that? What about this? What about this? But we're not the ones that defined it. We're not the ones that even created it. We love because God first loved us. He's the initiator. And so we need to recognize if we want to love the best, let's follow his love. Man, if we want a great bluebird house that actually like works for bluebirds, not for our concept, just build it this way and use it this way. And so we get challenged in this. And the reason we get challenged in this area of love is secondly, because of the corruption of our life, because of the corruption of life. And this is where in our series, we're going into 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I'm going to be looking at the first three verses. If you have your Bibles, you can look at that. If you have uh, a phone, you can bring that up on your phone. If you need a Bible, we got free Bibles at the welcome area. Grab one and take it home with you. Would love for you to have that. But the Apostle Paul addresses our corruption and challenge of being able to love. And he says, because of our corruption of life and our view, it takes us away from love. And he says this, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. He's saying, man, if you are incredibly eloquent with words, if you can like give a presentation, if you are incredible at sales in business or whatever, 
Or if you are an amazing talk show host and do talk radio all day long, and if you do late night talk shows, whatever it is, man, you may be amazing at stringing words together and rhyme that are incredible songs of rap. But if in those words and in your eloquence and in your gifting, there is no love, there's no charity, there is no grace, he says, it's nothing. You're only in a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. It's all you are. I mean, listen to talk radio throughout the day and all that kind of stuff. They're not throwing out love bombs. They're not throwing out a lot of charity or grace. It's a dog-eat-dog. I mean, late night. I mean, they're not building people up. They're making fun of people, right? I mean, a lot of rap music today is just basically vulgar and against people and harsh words. He goes on and he says, hey, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, but you do not have love, I'm nothing. I mean, in the United States of America, education is like top. It's so important, right? Get the degree, get education, get knowledge. Understand philosophy, be able to have critical thinking. And we value education. We value people who are smart and, and sometimes they can intimidate us or use that for power or whatever it might be. But if you think about it, without love, what is it? I mean, some of the most intelligent, amazing people today make bombs. Some of the most intelligent, amazing people today when it comes to knowledge and understanding, hack into hospitals, literally, shut down their infrastructure, their electricity, and then call and say, unless you give me $5 million, your patients are going to die. Literally. And so Paul's saying, man, we have a world where it's like pursue knowledge, philosophy, the understanding, critical thinking, and all this. But man, apart from love... You're nothing. It's zero. And then he goes on. And he says, hey, if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. I mean, even in the church, we can become so religious, so rigid, so puffed up with our own self-righteousness, like, yeah, you know, whatever. But we have a hard time loving our neighbor who's struggling or maybe has an addiction or isn't like us exactly or we think they should be doing this or whatever. And Paul's saying, hey, I'm nothing. And then he goes on, he says, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I am nothing. I'm a zero. <laughs> I'm a zero. He's saying, yeah, you might be generous and, and giving and all that, but he's saying, why? So that you may boast, so that your name can get out there, so that you can get recognition. He's saying, that's apart from love. That's nothing. I mean, I've been approached in the past People wanting to give big money or money and this and that and then saying, but can we have our name on it? Can you put our name on that? And I'm like, that's not how it works. 
I'm not going to build a church and put your name on it. That is Jesus. That's his church. But we, we do these things so that we can boast and so that we can be recognized. And Paul is saying, that's not love. And so when he talks about, in 1 Corinthians 13, this love chapter where he goes into what love really is, he starts out, first of all, what love isn't. And he's talking about this whole idea that, man, we run after presentation of words and the eloquence of words and the ability to use words over love. And then we run after education and and the ability to philosophize and, and pull apart arguments. And we leave love. We want to get our religion in order and our self righteousness and make sure that we appear always better than somebody else so we can look down on them. And he says, in that we leave love. And we want to be generous and we want to build things and be generous and give money to organizations or this or that as long as we are recognized in the brochure or on the building or in radio or whatever it might be. And he's saying, but you left love. I mean, we're out trying to conquer all these other areas instead of conquering love. And what if it, what would it look like if as a people, including myself, that we would conquer love? I mean, what would that look like in our marriage, in our family, in our neighborhoods, in our business, in our schools? It would be incredible, right? And so that's where Paul leaves and he moves on to verse four on. And I find it interesting that he gives 13 characteristics in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 of what love then is. And this love is the perfect love I talked about earlier. This is God's love. It's not people love, but this is God's love for us. This is how he defines it. This is what he created and how he wants us to live it. And he starts out with the first two expressions of love. Love is patient and love is kind. But we get challenged here when it comes to love. Last night I was uh, just, man, cooking up a storm, baking up a storm in the kitchen and all that kind of stuff. I made a bunch of brownies. And that, anybody like brownies in here? Anybody, like, who likes brownies in here? You guys like brownies in here? All right, okay, so I... So I got some brownies. Do you like brownies in here? Like brownies in there? There you go. That kind of thing. And uh, there are two kinds of brownies. You know, one of the brownies, man, I just didn't have a lot of patience. And I wasn't feeling kind making these brownies and that. And so I apologize. You're going to notice your brownie looks different. Uh, a lot of big bumps on it and this and that because um, I left out water uh, and uh, I left out the oil there. I was very patient and I didn't feel kind. So I left out those ingredients and that and stuff. Uh, but uh, he's already eaten up, right? But, uh, you know, Ryan, you know, uh, you could see your, your brownie was edible. Um, I mean... Uh, her brownie is hard as a rock and, uh, and should be used for that, uh, just as a rock. 
out in your rock garden and that. But you know what? I was feeling patient, kind. I wanted to apply that. And so I used all the ingredients in Ryan's brownie. And it tastes good. Matter of fact, it's perfect. It's just how it should be. But that's a picture of people love and perfect love. This idea that in our own love, we leave out some of those 13 characteristics of love. And the people that receive our love aren't going to enjoy it like God has intended. But yet when we invite the Holy Spirit who lives in us to work in and through us and to help us to love as God has intended, then we take all of those characteristics and we utilize them together to make a great love or a great brownie. And so through this series, my challenge to each one of you is that we pay attention to love and that we pursue loving better and that we pursue that in our own lives, our families, into our neighborhoods, into our business and our schools, wherever we are present. And so I want us to be challenged, as Paul challenges us in 1 Corinthians 13, to live out these characteristics of love. And these characteristics of love are what we are going to be looking at week to week over the next three weeks. And so let's be great lovers of people around us from the perfect love of God. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you love us and that you created love because it is indispensable for our lives. And so I pray it over each one here today that they would know your love. And in knowing your love, that their love would reflect you. And in that would bring joy and pleasure to themselves and others around them. And so bless us as we start this series. Help us to be better at love by the end than we are today. In your holy name, amen.